0: Hey, this is me, Water Aqua Teen Hunger Force, and you're listening to the Canned Air Podcast, which means you must own you an iPod. Ooh la la, ain't you fancy? I used to have a nano
1: shuffle until it got stuck in my meat, and then it got covered in
0: that German mustard dipping sauce I got inside of me, and now it don't
2: work no more.
3: Welcome to another episode of Candair your tribute to comics and pop culture. I am Jeremy Colley. And I'm Jack Doherty.
0: And I'm Randy Hardenbrook.
3: And joining us today to talk about her uh, new album coming out called uh, Alter Ego, we have the uh, musician who is in a genre, man, it's, it's such a, such a unique genre, rap, hip-hop, and nerd culture. We welcome Lex, the Lexicon artist. Lex, thank you so much for being here with us today. Hello, everyone. I'm very excited to be here. Thanks for having me. And as our listeners can tell, we are all in different locations because of the quarantine. I hope everyone's uh, playing it safe out there too, but, uh, We're definitely doing our part because I don't want the run. I don't know about you guys.
0: (laughs) Yeah, hard pass.
2: Hard pass on the (laughs) run. I haven't changed my lifestyle one bit because I don't (laughs) go anywhere, so it's perfect work. (laughs) Still still licking doorknobs, huh, Jack? Only at my house. I was doing quarantine before it was cool. Yeah.
4: (laughs) (laughs) It's been weird for me because I, I spent a lot of time at home and I spent a lot of time going out at night. Just because of the nature of my job, so it's been. Uh, it feels familiar, and it and it doesn't at the same time. <laughs>
3: yeah, I can relate That's to it. that. I can relate to that because I, I like to just sometimes run and get something to eat really quick, and now I can't do that, so I'm kind of forced to yeah, around for sure. the kitchen. It, it's it's been hell. Um, I I'm, mean, I'm exaggerating. I'm exaggerating. There are people actually dealing with hella situations out there. I don't want to downplay that, but. Yeah, it's uh, nonetheless, uh, this quarantine's already uh, starting to wear a little bit, starting to wear, but we're going to have fun today nonetheless. In our retro roundtable, we're going to be talking about musicians who have made cameos, appearances in movies, television shows, video games, etc., something we have never done, I'm very excited to do, and then we're going to turn our full attention over to Lex and talk more about uh, her music, and then uh, the second album that's going to be released uh, March 31st, which is available for pre-order Alter Ego. But before we do all that, don't forget to find us on Twitter at air Pod and on Instagram at canned air. And if you like what we're, you're hearing here and you want to show your support, head over to patreon.com forward slash Pod, And for $5 a month, you get access to the Candare Patreon pod, a show we do only for our patrons. We release that once a month, and we've been doing that for over two years now. So there's a good catalog on there and lots of goodies to come. I've been preaching it week after week. People go check it out. And another thing really quick, candair now has a new phone number that you can call into and leave your cheers, your jeers, cease and desist, your ideas for the show, whatever it is you want. You can give us a call at 614 254 Don't expect us to answer because we're not. I just leave that phone off and periodically check for messages. So feel free to give us a call and, again, uh, leave us ideas for the show or just a uh, a fun message you might like to hear on the show. We can't wait to hear from you again. 614-254-3332. Randy, what am I forgetting?
0: So, gentlemen, why don't you wake up with canned air? We are currently syndicated on two different uh, internet radio stations. Uh, First one is Redline Radio. Check us out at redlineradiollc.com from 7 a.m. to 9 a.m. in the morning, every Monday through Friday. And then uh, we're also on CuyahogaValleyRadio.com from 9 to 10 in the morning. So, you know, wake up, laugh with us, get your day started.
3: There it is. It's okay, ladies. You can listen, too. I was thinking the same thing. (laughs) Why just gentlemen, Randy? (laughs) (laughs) I quit. (laughs) And with that, let's kick it off with this week's Retro Roundtable. And here we
1: go. I'll be back.
3: All right, musicians in movies. Who would like to kick us off this week? All right, I'll I kick think Jack
0: us off. Or no, not?
3: <laughs> I'll go ahead and just throw one out there. Um, this has got to be my favorite. Uh, obviously, I'm a little biased, and any listener knows I'm a huge fan of Tom Petty and the Heartbreakers. And Tom Petty had a cameo in the Kevin Costner movie in the '90s called The Postman. Does anybody recall that? Oh yeah, yes. I knew you were going to pull that one. I knew it. Oh, of course you did. Of course. You did. <laughs> Lex, have you ever seen the Postman?
4: Uh, no, I haven't. Uh, you said mid 90s or early 90s?
3: I would say mid to late uh 90s. I can't remember if it was before or after Waterworld, but right around in that era. But it was like set in the, you know, it was a post-apocalyptic future and uh just, you know, normal people were I don't know, like the main bad guy who was like the Uh, like the leader of this uh, bad guy organization. I can't remember exactly what their deal was, but he had made a speech about how he was just a assistant at a, at a copy store, you know, like all these power were just, all these people were going out and finding power and seizing land, kind of walking dead, like without the zombies, I guess.
4: That sounds really cool. Um, I feel like any movie that's before the year I was born, which was 1994, I, like, almost, for the most part, am completely unaware.
2: <laughs> yeah, you were three.
4: Yeah. <laughs> oh, 93. Okay, got it. Got no,
2: it. no, you you were uh, three. It was 97. <laughs>
4: oh, word. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I do know some movies from 97. I know that I watched Fight Club, like, in the mid-2010s, and that one was from 1997, right? But, yeah, like, any movie from before when I was alive, I feel like I was... Um, unfortunately
3: unaware of, but this one sounds really good.
2: You know the good movies from then.
3: I found it (laughs) to be a fun movie. I honestly did, but I think people really shit on it. I don't think it got good reviews at all. And again, if this came after Waterworld, I'm sure that had something to probably do with it as well.
2: Yeah. Yeah.
3: yeah. yeah. I think the only part that I've ever seen in that movie is when Tom Petty was on it. Yeah. And what's cool is he plays himself. He never addresses himself as Tom Petty, but when kevin costner sees him he looks at him kind of cross from him, and he goes wait a minute i know you he's like you used to be famous and he just kind of says used to be but not anymore he was kind of like the mayor of some uh colony that lived in this some like uh little town and in, built into the site of this big dam do you remember that
2: no i just remember <laughs> I, was, I, I can't remember. remember they were getting onto a zip like. line or something like that <laughs> Yeah, it was like at the end yeah that's like the only part that I saw of it. Yeah, there's like a big, I was like, line wow. ran
3: from the dam down to the ground or something. Yeah. Yeah. And I was surprised because I was like, well,
2: that's what Tom Petty sounds like. Because I always, his voice, singing voice was totally
3: different than his speaking voice. <laughs> yeah. You're famous. Used to be. Not anymore. <laughs> 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 All right. Who would like to go next? Lex, would you like to go next?
4: So this one was one I for- forgot about, uh, but when I did some research, I was reminded of it. And I was reminded that I liked this one a lot. Uh, do you guys know of the interview from 2014, uh, the movie about uh, North Korea? All,
3: uh, the James Franco and Seth Rogen film? Know exactly, about it, but didn't exactly. see it, yeah. yeah. yeah it's I know, it's I, really I, I wanted good. I've heard it was amazing. <laughs> I, I think yeah, I know where you're really going good. with this, but go for it.
4: Yeah, um well there is a cameo that Eminem makes in this sh- movie. <laughs> <laughs> it's really good. Yep. Um and it's a real Eminem and he shows up on uh James Franco's like TV show cuz in the movie James Franco is a TV show host and they are trying to find ways to like get better ratings. So they're trying to find certain guests to have on the show. Eventually they invite like Kim Jong Un or are they um, James Franco gets invited to North Korea to interview Kim Jong Un, and he's like, you know, he and Seth Rogen are like, all right, this is a great opportunity, let's go. Um, but before that, they get like this really big like ratings bump from Eminem beyond the show, and it's just like a really, really funny interview where Eminem is like extremely deadpan, and I don't even know how to do it justice uh, without you like going to watch the scene. But I, I think like Eminem pulled it off. Super well. Where it's just like they're just talking about stuff and, you know, um, asking some very like innocent questions and you know James Franco says some ridiculous rap lyrics and then all of a sudden MM is like, Yeah, when I like talk about gay people, uh it's because I'm gay.
1: <laughs> and, and like he just, like
4: glosses over that. And then James Franco was like, Wait, what the fuck did you just say?
1: <laughs> and then they like yeah, and
4: he's like, Yeah, Yeah, I'm gay. Like I thought, I made it really obvious. I've been leaving a breadcrumb trail of gayness (laughs) all across my (laughs) house. He just plays it like a straight man, and it's really, it's really great. And like obviously, both of those actors' reactions are really funny. Like uh, Seth Rogen goes like, "Oh my god, this is like." This is the most important moment in gay history. Like when he says, that, "He's like, oh my God, Evan is Gay on our show. Evan Gay on our show."
0: It was, yeah, it was good. really funny too because the uh, like he is so homophobic or played to be. And then I don't know if I'm assuming it was probably before, but uh, there was like the VMAs where Sasha Baron conan dressed as Bruno, like. Fell like off a zip line, wearing like a thong, like right into Eminem's lap with like his ass in his face, and he like freaked out. <laughs> Does, do you guys remember that?
1: Uh, uh-uh. no. Oh, the only I thing I can I think do. of yeah.
3: was years ago when uh, Howard Stern came in on some kind of zip line as oh, a ass- fart man. Fart man, that's what it was. Yeah. And, oh, yeah, yeah, his bare ass exposed, and I feel like he pissed somebody off that night by. I don't know if he <laughs> brushed his ass over someone as he came over or what exactly happened but yeah that's what makes me it, think of it
0: is similar probably
3: I yeah i
4: imagine. mean like there there's always been so much talk about um kind of eminem's lyrics and you know what he says does, does he really mean what he says especially his earlier stuff you know like and i don't agree with like a lot of you know uh slurs or like homopho- homophobia homophobia exist right. in the lyrics but i just thought this was like a really interesting way to kind of put that on his head um where uh he in the fictional context he's kind of offering like a like like a retcon like a re-explanation of the reasons like included that and it's just like yeah i'm gay <laughs> like this is like it's funny in like a, in the fictional context you know
3: yeah but it also, uh, I think, shows that you know maybe he uh, shouldn't be taken so serious on that front. I mean, who's to say, maybe he is actually yeah. uh, super homophobic. But I feel like if he were, that wouldn't be something he would do. I, I don't know.
4: I, I think. Yeah, it came yeah. Out. I mean, yeah. Go ahead.
0: I was just say I think it came out that that a lot of that was staged too, like his homophobia. So I. I don't
3: know. Yeah, because I remember, like you know, people were. Uh, I, he had mentioned something about Elton John in a song, and people were like, "Oh, you know, he hates Elton John. He hates homosexuals." But, and then he, uh, not quickly, but they followed that with uh, him and Elton John performing together on. A, on oh, a- yeah. I remember that. Yeah, yeah, it was really. Yeah, that was, yeah. Really yeah. Good. I think that they was classic. Yeah. 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 Yep. Yep. Absolutely. Yeah. Really good. Good pick too. Very good pick. Uh, Jack, or maybe, who would like to go next? I'll go next.
2: Do it. Mine is from a video game from a while back called. Oh crap! I just brain farted. Uh, hold on. Let me find out what it was. Is it Brutal Legend? Brutal Legend. That's it. Yes, <laughs> it's yes. on my list too. <laughs> is it that game? It's it. Jack Black is the main character. Yep. It's not as Jack Black. He's just voicing the main character, and he's like this super. Is he he's a horrible roadie, isn't he? He's just like, he thinks he's the best roadie, but he ends yeah, he, up having a big stage mishap that kills him and brings him into like this rock and roll <laughs> realm to where all these, there's tons of rock stars in it. I've only gotten far enough to see two, but like there the, the game itself is a real-time strategy, kind of like Command & Conquer. So he's running around trying to find all these people to play, like make this big, great band rock show. And he runs into these guys on uh, motorcycles, like trike motorcycles that are all beefed up. And one of them, you turn around, and it's freaking Lemmy
3: from Motorhead.
2: Yeah, it was so – and it's voiced by him too. It was so awesome. And then later on, like, you drive this car around, getting from place to place, and you can go into this underworld tunnel. And then, like, the – what is it? The god of the underworld comes flying up and he lets you it's, upgrade your car and stuff. And he turns around and it was freaking Aussie.
0: Ozzy, Aussie Osborne. Yep. Yeah.
2: Oh, really? I was loving it. Yeah. And it's, of course it's voiced by him.
0: Yeah. And then, uh, let's see, Lita Ford and, uh, Rob Halford from, uh, Judas Priest also did voice work for that.
2: Even uh, what Kyle Glass is in it too. But He's like this big, beefy body guy with Kyle, <laughs> Kyle's fat head on top. It's so hilarious.
3: I died laughing when he turns around and it was Kyle. I'm like, no, it's Kyle. You uh, <laughs> mentioned Ozzy. He also had a cameo in the water, or not Water Boy, but uh, Little Nicky. Remember at the end?
0: Oh, I forgot about that.
2: Vaguely,
3: yeah. Yeah. I mean, I wouldn't say dig that movie out to relive it because it wasn't that <laughs> good of a movie, but. Um, Again, another one of those Sandler flicks that did not age well, not age well at all. Brutal Legend is a, a hidden gem, too.
2: Not a lot of people played it, or, and, but a lot of people didn't like it because they didn't know it was the type of game it was, too. Everyone I know loved it, though.
3: Yeah,
0: I love it. I mean, I've got a copy of it downstairs right now
3: <laughs> randy you have a copy of so, every game downstairs right now yeah really
0: <laughs> well yeah ghosts in the attic and games in the living room you know that's how i roll
3: <sighs> nothing wrong with that nothing wrong with that what's your next pick
0: so i'm gonna piggyback off the of jack on the video game thing and uh we had done a video game music episode uh with mike coletti from adam last year and uh in one of the comments to our posts i think it was uh Brett maybe uh, pointed out that we had missed uh, Michael Jackson Jackson's contribution to Sonic Three, and oh. I had known that. And I had like the minute he said it, I was like, "Oh yeah, I remember that." I remember so that too. If, if you were if you listen to like the intro in Sonic Three, like when he first runs into Knuckles, you'll hear like the music change, and there'll be that signature <laughs> like. Woo. Oh, yeah, really? the woo. Yeah, <laughs> but he was supposed to have a lot bigger part in that. But that was right around the time, like all the the child stuff that he was accused of was going down. So Sega kind of like put it under wraps. But you can still hear like his musical influences and some of a little bit of his voice work throughout the game.
3: Wow, I didn't know that. It, it also makes me think of uh, there was another game, uh, Moonwalker, the Michael Jackson yep. game, Moonwalker. Mm. That was actually a really fun game. It was hard, but it was fun. Which was better, the arcade version or the console version? I've never played the arcade version. I figured they were the same game. They're not.
2: I always thought it was a little bit different. Maybe it was just because the graphics were, and like animation was just a little bit cheaper like they always were.
0: Yeah, I think the sound was better on the arcade, too, as they usually are, so.
3: Fun game, though. It was a fun game. Yes. The show. For sure. My next pick is going to be uh, from the A-team. Now, Jack, you might know who I'm about to mention because I've talked about it on the show before. It's been a while back, though. Um, When I, though, say the A-team. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. We're all aware of the A-team here. Lex, are you aware of the A-team? No, what is it? Okay. The A-Team is a show that used to be on in the 80s, and they made a movie of it uh, in the, what, 2000s or something like that? Something like that, yeah. But it was uh, Mr. T, um, or B.A. Baracus, Hannibal Smith, uh, uh, Howling Mad Murdoch, and uh, help me, Jack, Face. What was it? The
2: Face. I have no idea what his name
3: was. I can't remember, (laughs) but... um, They were four fugitives uh, running from the government, but like while they were on the lam, they were also helping people solve crimes and take care of stuff like problems they had that no one else could help them with, like renegades for hire kind of stuff. It was so much fun. It was a blast. But when I when I describe such a show to you, um, what kind of band would you expect or musician rather expect to make a cameo on a show like this? Yeah, they're like military uh, fugitives.
4: Military fugitives? Some sort of like classic rock band, maybe? Like yeah. 70s
3: rock? Yeah. I wouldn't say so. What about you, Randy? Yeah, I'd say that, but
0: I'm sure you're you're leading with this somewhere, so it's a draft.
3: <laughs> Why would I elaborate so on if I weren't? Um, no, it was uh, Boy George. Boy George. Yeah. <laughs> oh. On the 18th. Oh, And, yeah, and, you know, uh, Boy George has some good music and nothing wrong with Boy George, but that's just it. It doesn't fit the uh, aesthetic of the A-team, so it was so weird. I don't remember what it was, like like he had come to town to play in a – like some little Western bar for some reason. I would think Boy George would be capable of filling a much bigger venue at that time than some little Western bar. But the eighteen, I feel been like,
0: like in the 80s, Boy George would have got shot in a Western bar, but continue. Yeah, well, yeah
3: probably. But uh, they, were, uh, they were there to protect him and solve some mystery. It was just so out of place. Even as a kid, I'm like, the fuck? <laughs>
4: did, he, did he play himself in, he did. in the episode? Oh, okay.
3: Yeah, cool. because <laughs> I saw—I so, have somewhere the audio from the the commercial advertising it, and I, I can't find it. I you put that look, in the show? I did, and I tried to look for it again. And I, I'm not sure where it went, but uh, this is, week on the A team, Boy George. Yeah, and then you see Hannibal <laughs> Smith being like, "Ladies and gentlemen, Boy George." Tuesday, guess who's coming to the A-Team? Boy
0: George and the Culture Club! And the
2: action is marvelous for words. So get in on the act, because things are going to be rocking. And
3: stomping. What next? When Boy George meets the A-Team Tuesday. I'm (laughs) rolling. It was funny, it was funny. But anyway, that's my pick, and uh, we are now back around to Lex.
4: All right, cool. Uh, I guess I'm going to continue with the uh, people from the U.K. This is also kind of piggybacking off of my previous pick. Uh, you guys know Kingsman, the the Golden Circle? Yes. The, the second Kingsman movie? Okay, so I don't like that movie. Mm-hmm. I think that Kingsman, yeah. the, the, Kingsman, the Secret Service is one of my favorite movies of all time. Like, mm-hmm. it's really good. Oh, so I, good. I, I love how it is, you know, self-aware, it's, the action is great, you know, the acting is great, all the actors do a great job, and the story is great. Um, and it's just really well executed on all of all of its fronts, and I think that Kingsman 2 really fell short of all of that. But the one thing that I really liked about Kingsman 2 was uh, that Elton John, played himself oh, yes. and right. not really like a not really like a cameo role either like he played himself and he had like a major role <laughs> really and it was did. really funny <laughs> yeah yeah it was really funny so like the main villain uh i forgot who plays the villain it was uh,
3: uh julian and or uh was that her name julian anderson Ju no,
2: that's, it's no
3: julian anderson's x-files uh uh Shit. Yeah, she's a
4: redhead, right? Yeah,
3: yes. She's been in like?
4: so many oh,
3: I keep wanting to say Julie
2: Andrews, but it's it starts with a J. <laughs> I think her last name
4: is J. Ju- it's Julia Moore. Julian Moore Julia Moore. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. So Julia Moore plays like the villain in that movie. And for some reason she ends up just kidnapping Elkan John and forcing him to perform for her and just her in this, like, really outlandish, like, costume. And eventually, when the heroes come and, you know, destroy kind of her home base and the, the place where she's operating from, uh, Elton John also, also uh, breaks free from his chains and uh, drop kicks her in the face. That's right. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> and he just does some really crazy stunts in this one. Uh, and I... I found that it was very entertaining, even if the rest of the movie was kind of garbage. so absolutely yeah. I do love the yeah, I do love the Kingsman concept though. I just don't think that they executed it very well in the in the second one.
3: Yeah, I like the whole uh, aspect of trying to uh, like get his memory back like that whole part seemed pretty cool if you remember that part.
4: I do remember that part, but just in general, bringing yeah. Yeah. Uh, bringing Harry back was kind of like hamfisted. You know, I feel yeah. like the first movie established so much and had such high stakes by having him die. Yes, that just kind of bringing him back was a unsophisticated way to bring back Colin Firth who everyone wanted to see again right like everyone was like oh Colin First is gone I, you know uh I don't know if I'm gonna see this next one so they, they had to bring him back it was interesting <laughs> seeing him trying to get his memory back like I did like that part but I just feel like the supporting cast was like not as compelling you know the American version like the statesman was like not that compelling and like Julianne Moore wasn't that good of a villain. I feel like Samuel Jackson was an amazing villain for first film. I just really feel like he, he has this kind of like eco fascist mindset that is starting to come out lately because of the pandemic, you know? Yeah. Um, and obviously you have to go back and watch it, but I really feel like if you have a twisted enough mind, listen to Samuel L. Jackson talking about his villainous plot and Kingsman, and you might think that he has a point. You know, mm-hmm. <laughs> I just really loved that
3: movie. I'm That's what makes a good villain. <laughs> That's what makes a good villain, right? Yeah. relatability. Yeah, totally. It's crazy. I okay. hated how that movie, that second movie, shit the bed so hard when the first one was so good. Because, like that church scene, yeah, I, it always comes to mind. But mm-hmm. it was such a far cry, and it honestly has me worried because there's a new one coming out, The King's Man. And I want to yeah. see that, but uh, boy, does it have me kind of worried. The second one, they had to bring Channing was... Tatum in, too, so.
4: Yeah, uh, I know. Assist. And he didn't even play, like, a, a good role. He just no. kind of, he wasn't half of the movie and he disappeared. I don't know. It, kind of, it, it just kind of sucked. But the third one is supposed to be a prequel. I'm not really that yeah. into prequels in general. I don't really feel like there's a need for me to see how the Kingsman got established. Like, I don't. I don't need to know that. But, you know, I'll watch it because I love the first one so much. Like, the reason I watched Kingsman The Secret Service was I just saw it in in a, in a movie theater as a part of a trailer. And I looked at it I was like, I have no idea what this is, but this trailer is amazing. And then a year later, when the movie finally came out, I went to the theater to see I was like, I've been waiting for this for a year. And I watched it, and I just never went back. Like, can you believe that I discovered this movie through a trailer and it actually worked, and it made it one of my favorites?
3: It's
2: crazy. <laughs> that is crazy. Uh, that is crazy. Yeah. Man, it's good when that happens because a lot of movies that you're
3: like, "Oh, I can't wait to see this,"
2: because you know about it for a while,
3: and then you go see it, and you're like, yeah. "Oh." Yeah, that's exactly <laughs> yeah. what I was thinking. Like, like the end result never matches the hype, but in, except no. in this <laughs> in this uh, occasion.
4: Yeah. I feel that way about Incredibles too, right? Like, it had been oh, building, totally. the hype has been building up for like 10 years. And then I went to see it, I'm like, this is not good. Like, the story isn't good and the message isn't good, just like very tone deaf for like the modern age. Yeah. And I just didn't enjoy it. I thought the first Incredibles was amazing.
1: Oh, but
4: yeah. I, I was yeah. excited about the second installment because I thought that they would like take it to new places, but they didn't. They just kind of retreaded the, the same old stuff. And I did not have that experience with Kingsman because there were, there were no expectations for me to disappoint because I didn't know what it was.
3: <laughs> right. Man, I hope that new one's good. I really do. I, I get the whole prequel thing, though. I understand because it seems like that whole mm-hmm. thing's overdone. But all the same, I would love to see that franchise find its footwork again and maybe uh, get back on track because it just... Man, the, it's, the second one just seemed like a parody almost. It was so out there and so freaking crazy. And again, the Elton John yeah. thing was cool, but at the same time, like to imagine anything like that in the first one seems like unfathomable, you know what I mean? Yeah.
4: Yeah, I feel like Elton John just took it to like a new level of ridiculousness, uh, which is kind of uh, one of the main things that marred the second film. Was It was just way too over the top and can't be and tried to do too much that it already did in the first film and just took it to like worse places.
2: (laughs) (laughs) They tried to take it to 11, but that didn't really go that far. (laughs) This
3: one goes to 11. Oh, very good. Very good. Very good. And that brings us over to Jack.
2: How about fear and loathing in Las Vegas when flea makes an appearance? Ah, he was on my list. Was he? For he was, that
3: movie? not even for that movie. He's been in so many movies.
2: Uh, yeah, that's this is the one that came to mind for him. It was just great when the, the main character's just in the bar, and he's he starts tripping out, and he walks into the bathroom, and then Flea turns around, and he's all in slow motion with a real deep voice. He's just like, I spilled my acid. want to lick my jacket. And then they just go on to this weird trip. It's hilarious.
3: Oh my god! And Philly
2: with long hair too is kind of a, kind of crazy
3: seeing him, right? Because he's right. sad short or bald or short blonde hair. It's always crazy to see him. Like he was in uh, Son in Law, and he was like a tattoo artist in that movie. He Had great big bugged eyes, and uh, <laughs> I, mean, I think he just had his normal appearance. That, uh, you know, like he has when he's with the Chili Peppers. But then uh, also, do you remember in Big Lebowski, he was one of those? Uh, what were they like Russian musicians or something?
2: Uh, the Yeah, the Germans or something like the that Germans, they were chasing. That's what they were Yeah. 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 <laughs> he's the one that got his pinky cut off, wasn't it? His pinky was a pinky toe. Was he the one that they
3: actually cut it off from? Oh, I can't remember. I don't remember.
2: Because it wasn't actually Tara Reed's toe, it was right. one of those guys that got their toe cut off.
3: Time for a rewatch. Yeah, really? <laughs> Never tired but of that yeah. movie. I
2: wonder how many movies he's been in. And they're always perfect little small spots just for him, though.
3: Yeah, he's an interesting character, that one. He's been in so many. I I love to look at his IMDb. I'm going to have to do that, actually, because it's probably just endless.
2: I just pulled it up. At least 22, it says. (laughs) (laughs) Toy Story 4 he was in? Really? Does it say who he was? No. It's just showing a list of movies he's been in. It doesn't say who he was, though.
3: Huh can't think of who he would have been, but there were some, that was
2: guys. another pick of mine fleeing in toy story Four. how about yeah, that?
3: Sure.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Care to elaborate, Jack.
2: Yeah. Yeah, he, he did a voice
0: in, no. in toy story Four.
3: yeah. <laughs> Very good, Jack. <laughs> right. <All> right. <laughs> Randy, what you got?
0: All right. I'm going to cheat a little. I've got three really quick, uh, watch and you'll miss it. Type cameos. Um, the first one is in the movie Hook, the uh, Robin Williams movie. Yeah. Phil, Phil Collins has like a real quick bit in it. He's the investigator that's talking to Robin Williams after his kids first go missing. No shit. What? Yep. He's uh, got like glasses and uh, he's it's like not very much. It's literally like three seconds. Uh, the next one, you've got Alex Van Halen in Robocop. He's being interviewed by the uh, the news crew. Like, as they're like going over like the deterioration of Detroit,
3: and then shit. How, how is Alex related to Eddie? They're brothers, aren't they're they? They're brothers. Yeah. I don't. I'm not even aware of uh, Alex Van Halen. Who is he? In, he's, he's the I, bass player. Okay. I, I'm sorry, my Van bass Halen player? knowledge yeah. isn't very deep. I just turn on the record and just rock out. <laughs> I think
2: he, I think he's the bass player. I don't think he's the drummer.
0: Oh, so, my dad so is so probably like. Kind of disown me now
3: <laughs> Get off of that show <laughs> Randy You're not to see those boys again <laughs> No he is the drummer my You bad. are not allowed I'm sorry continue Randy Crap hang on my thing just crashed ba-dum, 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 ba. Randy <laughs> Randy
0: <laughs> eh, Forget the third one just go on Sorry
3: <laughs> <laughs> Alright um. see. My next... I've got two here that uh, poked their heads into the same movie franchise long after the, the franchise had hit its prime, uh, the Pirates of the Caribbean films. Ah. Oh. Yes. Yeah. Yes. And um, I believe it was Keith Richards who played... His father, Johnny Depp's father, in one of the films. And then in another one, uh, Paul McCartney actually plays like a pirate in jail at one point.
2: No, I didn't know Paul was in. Yeah. yeah, Keith Richards was the only one that I knew of, Mr. Death himself.
3: Yeah, he's in no shit. There's got to be like a pirate curse keeping that asshole alive. How, I mean, how is that happening? <laughs> but uh yeah, Paul McCartney's uh in maybe the one after. I don't know. I don't know. The first 3 I thought were uh fun enough, but after that it's like, all right, really? Johnny Depp need money.
2: Yeah. I don't think I've seen I seen. I think I've seen a third one, the, the one after that or the two after that or however many there are, I haven't seen.
3: The one after the Orlando Bloom and Keira Knightley arc, like like after that I just got uninterested. Anywho, that's my pick, which brings <laughs> us back around to Lex.
4: Nice. <laughs> yeah, Pirates of the Caribbean was a really good series. I mean, I think I enjoyed the first three, maybe even the fourth one. I think the fourth one had like mermaids in them. Uh, yeah. It was a good good series, but I haven't was I haven't seen anything past the fourth one. But I remember like really liking that series. Uh I can't believe it was based off of a like like uh roller coaster, right?
3: Right. <laughs> yeah. Like a yeah, like yeah. The, like, the water ride thing. Yeah, it's crazy because then they uh modified the ride to actually uh portray the movie. And it's a cool ride, don't get me wrong. But uh yeah, they added like the uh, like an animatronic Johnny Depp and a uh, animatronic baby <laughs> Jones and stuff. Like oh, they really geez. they dressed it up, but it still has a lot of the uh, original pirates and stuff in it as well.
4: That sounds super rad. Yeah, um, it definitely was. I haven't. Yeah, yeah. I haven't ever been to a Disney park, and I can't go now because they're all closed. But maybe yeah. one day when all this is over. I can finally go to Disney and experience the ride.
3: (laughs) You really need to. I mean, those theme parks are something else. But I always say, like, Universal, when you go to Universal, you have a lot of fun. But when you go to Disney, you... And I'm talking like Disney World. I've never been to Disneyland. And I, though I had fun in the other Disney parks, it's Disney, Disney World that uh, you really experience some like magical shit. Like you really leave there feeling like a little kid. It's 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 miraculous at what they can do. How all right. I'm going to make that my
4: next out. thing once I can travel again.
3: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Don't go now. Don't go now. It's not worth the run. <laughs> yeah. Hell
4: no. <laughs> yeah. All right. So I guess it's my turn. Um, yeah, let's make the pivot to uh, TV shows. Um, I, I You probably all know that South Park has a lot of celebrity cameos, so I had to find one out of all the celebrity cameos in there that uh, I thought was the most compelling, and I think this one's pretty entertaining. So are you familiar with the episode where uh, Stan's dad, Randy, is... Uh, Shows like, it's talking about how he's actually Lord, like the singer. Sitting yes,
2: you know, yes. <laughs> 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 S- <laughs> on a Wednesday,
4: <laughs> 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 feeling good. Isn't that episode? That <laughs> Okay, you all get it. This is great. I don't have to explain anything. I mean, this is like a this is like a cultural cornerstone. I feel like I wouldn't be on the nerd podcast if the, the other three podcasters didn't know about this episode. Oh,
1: definitely.
4: But, um, I am Lord. Yeah, yeah, Lord, yeah. yeah, no, no, I am Lord. I just feel um, it was an incredible episode, considering that the later episodes, like the later uh, seasons of South Park were... Um, not quite as compelling to me as like earlier seasons, which is the stuff that I grew up with. Like, I feel like South Park's heyday was probably between season five and maybe like season 10 or 11. Uh, but I think this, this one, this Lord episode was like season 17 or 18 or whatever, but it was a really good episode. Um, and what's a really funny thing is that when Randy auto tunes his voice to become Lord, um, they have like a track that's supposed to be Lord, but it's not actually Lord singing, it's Sia who does oh, like chandelier, no yeah, who shit. does chandelier, and like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And what what other songs does Sia have? The, um, uh, titanium with David Guetta, you know, I am titanium, yeah, yeah, so it's, it's actually Sia who does no the kidding. singing for quote-unquote Lord. Uh, But that's only after it was auto-tuned.
3: That's an MP3 I've got in my arsenal. I might have to fit that in this episode somewhere now. That that one is... uh... Oh, I love that song. It's so good. And that episode, man, I'm so glad you brought that up. I did not know that, though. See, I, I would have never guessed. Yeah,
4: Yeah. totally. I, I just think it's so entertaining that, like, he does the, yeah, 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 I am Lord, yeah, yeah, yeah thing. <laughs> and then... He just like turns up the auto tune up to eleven, and just magically becomes Sia singing "Feeling Good" on a Wednesday.
3: (laughs) (laughs) Oh my god! Like one one of his recordings, like in a bathroom stall, just like as he was sitting on the toilet. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) it turned into a hit. Oh my god! It's I love that show so much. And she (laughs) actually loved that she was on that show too.
2: I remember seeing a. It was like some award show or something like that, that she was sick, so she couldn't go. Her mom wouldn't let her go to the award show, so she just, like, Skyped in or whatever on video. And then she was just like, yeah, it's so great that I was on South Park. i was <laughs> uh, yeah.
4: really entertained by the fact that after the episode came out, there are so many people who are bothering the real Lord about whether she knew about her quote unquote cameo in this episode. they were, like <laughs> coming at her saying, Yeah, 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 I am Lord. Yeah 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 and then like at some point in an interview she actually goes, Yeah, yeah yeah, I am Lord <laughs> <Just> like- <laughs>
3: She did it herself.
4: So she finally, yeah, she accepted it.
0: That's
3: amazing. <laughs> it's so cool when uh, when you know big stars like that can roll with the punches, and you know I, you know South Park also has taken their jabs at Al Gore with Man Barpeg. And
4: uh, <laughs> oh god, I do love that
3: episode. <laughs> they actually there was a uh, it was like footage from a commercial break when Al Gore was on The Daily Show. And like while they do commercial breaks, they take questions from the audience and someone asked him about it. And he was just he said he loved it, was thrilled. He just got the biggest kick out of it. And I thought that's really cool because you would think someone in his seat would probably be really uptight about something like that. But no, he, yeah, man, bar and,
4: <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, who kind of like had a stick up their butt about it it was kanye west when they were talking about
1: like
3: i'm a gay fish
4: (laughs) absolutely hated that cameo
3: that was so funny though at the end when he just like i gotta stop denying who i am and he just dives into the ocean Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> Grinding oh, on whales and shit <laughs> Oh, it's
4: so good, it's so good. Oh,
3: oh that it. was a good pick That was a good pick
2: <laughs> Thank
3: you <laughs> Jack, that brings us back to you, sir
2: Mine is, you guys might not Randy, you might know it just because you got kids But uh, it's a group called Bear It's actually just three letters, B-E-R But they're kind of an 80s sound Group, but they were featured on uh, Teen Titans Go. It was like a movie that they did, yeah. And it's this whole—I want to say—I th- I think uh what's his name, Cy- Cyborg, disappears into this other dimension, and they end up. The rest of the team they go and fight him, and then there's some dragon that's holding him hostage. And it's all—all all, the whole show is based off this one song called "The Night Begins to Shine." It's a freaking amazing movie it's i want to say it's like an hour they put it in like four parts okay But like the Cielo green they do a version of it and Cielo green's actually in the episode as all as well also fallout boy is in it too but it's wow. i'll have to show you guys the song it's a freaking amazing song i don't know i don't know what it is about it maybe it's just because the 80s sound it's a lot of that 80s synth in it too
3: that's awesome yeah i want to hear that
2: yeah I don't have the MP3. Next time, if we ever get out of this corona debacle, (laughs) we can see each other face-to-face again. I'll have to let you guys check it
3: out. Yeah, Yeah, I'll have to look that up. Yeah, that does That'll
2: probably find it on YouTube and watch the whole movie because it's a great episode. It's probably one of their best episodes. It's not real cheesy and corny like the rest of their shows are. It's actually a really good one.
3: Yeah, I've never even heard of that. I need to check that out. B E R, bear. Let's bring. Yeah. Us, which brings us back over to Randy.
0: So I found my third one from the last one. It was uh, Blink 182s cameo in American Pie. They had a quickie. Uh, no pun intended.
2: Oh, they were. That's right. Yeah.
0: When the video was getting going viral yeah. and getting oh, shared, yes. like. Yeah, So <laughs> that's not what I wanted to talk about this one. I wanted to uh, just shout out one of my favorite movies, which is Labyrinth with uh, David Bowie.
1: Mm,
0: yes. And uh, yeah, that movie would not be anywhere near the same. I don't think if he wasn't in that. So I just. Oh, no,
2: that, no way it would. <laughs> you, think? you couldn't have
0: a movie without Jared? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you'd have a movie with Jennifer Connelly in it, which, yeah, you know, is was passable.
3: I'm going to go yeah, out on a then... limb here, but you know what? Wizard of Oz would have been nothing without Judy Garland. <laughs>
0: <laughs> All right. Yep. I'm done. Have a good night, guys. <laughs>
3: I think that was a perfect note to end this conversation on because, my God, we are running long. But that's the making of a great conversation. You lose track of time, and this has been a lot of fun. But now we have to turn our attention, and we're going to keep having fun. I didn't mean to say we're going to stop having fun. We're going to keep having fun by talking with Lex, the Lexicon artist, more about uh, her music. Lex, I want to thank you so much for being here and, again, uh, being part of the conversation. It's been a blast thus far.
4: I have had a really good time and all of these like cameos and of musicians and TV and movies is uh, hopefully giving the audience some information that they didn't know. Right. Like these small little like trivia pieces that, you know, someone listening might respond uh, in in this, Oh, I didn't know that that was them kind of way. You know, I, I think, that, that that has been really entertaining. I've learned a lot too. <laughs> <laughs>
3: Then our uh, job here is done, it would seem, gentlemen. Yeah, We have filled our quota for the week. <laughs> <laughs> Fantastic. But no, it, this has been a blast. But I, I've got to talk to you more about this music. We've been checking it out uh, leading up to uh, recording this episode. And my God, your music is a lot of fun. It's infectious. It's uh, high energy. I love it. It's really good. But um, for our listeners who may not uh, be aware of you, can you uh, describe yourself and your music to them?
4: Sure. I've been working on coming up with a concise way of describing my music. But I think for the purpose of this podcast, I'll say that I make lyrically intricate pop rap that is for nerds and for people who like weird shit. Uh, and it's about emotions. It's about nerd culture. It's about weird stuff it's about being weird it's about being an outcast and it's about being yourself and really owning your identity
3: and that's a great message to be pushing out there uh, because I think a lot of people struggle with that on the daily you know finding out who they are knowing who they are being comfortable in their own skin with your music though do you uh I, I take it then that's the message you're putting in a lot of the music
4: the message of being yourself and owning your identity
3: uh yeah, yeah. I just I noticed that your like your uh, first album was titled like Raging Ego and then your next uh, yeah. album that's coming out March uh, 31st is called Alter Ego. It seems to be something uh something there like a uh I don't know if you have a, th- a running theme going with these albums or what.
4: Yeah, totally. I feel like I work with a lot of different types of content and sometimes I'll do fandom focused songs or fandom focused uh albums. But for my main albums that are full-length, I think for the most part they are. They're like digital journals. They're sound chronicles of my life. And my process and my journey of finding myself and becoming comfortable with my identity and showing it loud and proud and being comfortable with being weird and different, I do think that that is the message that I want to send with both of these albums. But I do it in kind of different ways, and I think the second album, Alter Ego, my goal for it was for it to be a lot more nuanced and for it to explore darker sides of your identity that you may not want to face a lot of the time. Yeah, for the most part, I want to push this message of finding somewhere you belong and finding where you belong within yourself. And being comfortable to be yourself, even in the way you do things, is different from how other people do things.
3: Now, I'm, I'm very curious about, and this might be sacrilegious for me to even ask being on a nerd-centric podcast, but, you know, I've heard of, you know, when it comes to music like nerd culture slash nerdcore, I think those are the same things. Forgive my ignorance if they're not. As far as nerd culture intertwined with music, what is, what does that mean exactly? I mean, the first things that kind of come to mind, does that mean like, okay, there's like 16-bit sound effects in there? Are you, are you I, I don't know exactly what that means, I guess.
4: I mean, I really think it's anything. I think it's, you know, content and media, like TV shows and movies targeted for nerds. Um, People who create uh, music for those TV shows or people who create music about those TV shows or about movies uh, that are kind of directed towards more of a nerdy audience. Like the immediate uh, example that I can think of is actually someone that I had on my cameo list, which is Logic. Uh, he's a rapper from Baltimore, I think, or Maryland, somewhere in that area, and he showed up as a cameo on Rick and Morty playing himself, right? Now, that kind of cameo is like a cameo that I would love to have, awesome. uh, where it's, you know, a rapper showing up as himself, rapping a song on this, like, uh, TV show that's about science fiction, uh, and it's mostly mostly targeted towards the you know uh edgy nerdy viewers and you know that isn't just the extent of that 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 isn't the extent of nerd culture I would say you know there's even more ways to kind of interpret it I think it's just a crossover of anything that can be considered of a more nerdy and by nerdy I mean passionate about a very specific topic a more So I really think it's an intersection content that would otherwise be considered more nerdy, such as TV shows, movies, comic books, anime, you know, even academic topics. Like, I like to incorporate a lot of philosophy and psychology into what I write. And also, like, technology. There are a lot of people who write about hacking, like computer hacking or programming. And basically, I would say that incorporating music... Uh, Incorporating nerd culture into music is just taking something that's pretty hyper-focused and then applying it to whatever your musical outlook might be. That might be rap music, uh, that might be folk music, it might be rock music, but there are so many forms within just a small, specific community of how people choose to express themselves and their passion for certain topics. And I would say that is how you incorporate, you know, nerd culture into music. And in a lot of situations, it kind of, you know, circles back around where these songs end up being featured in, you know, TV shows and movies themselves, or at least that's the goal.
3: Right. And it it just kind of comes down to uh, the process, I guess, what you're saying. There's no definitive answer on what exactly nerd uh, culture is when it comes to music. Everyone has their own way of of expressing themselves, kind of like... I don't know, just being in the business. Everyone has their uh, own way of getting to where they've been. There's no one uniform way of really getting there. I'm very interested in your writing process. You know, speaking of something that's uh, very unique uh, on an artist by artist basis is the creative process. It's not it's typically not the same for uh, two people. So when you're writing your music, uh, like do you have a ritual, a process that that you fall into?
4: I usually take one or two or a mixture of a couple of different workflows I like to say that it's not an it's not a science it's an art that's what I like to say it's not a science it's an art Uh, there's not a fixed formula that you can follow to create a song and there's a lot of room for being creative and mixing together multiple different uh, workflows but there are a couple of workflows that I follow one of them is if I have a specific concept for a song that I want to make into a song, first I write an entire essay about it. I write it in like long form and then I condense it into short form. So I start taking the main ideas of what I want to write about in the song. And then I make it into rhyme and make it into like a poem essentially. And then I condense it into a very specific strict verse, chorus, verse, chorus, verse, chorus form. So that's, one workflow another workflow is I come up with this like melodic tune for a chorus right Um, generally a lot of times I start writing when I start writing music the melody for the chorus or the words for the chorus are the first thing that I come up with for example there's a new song that I just released as a single for the new album and I came up with the chorus before I came up with anything else And the chorus is basically this, I'm gonna party hop, whoa, I'm gonna party hop, whoa. And it's just that repeated over and over and over. And then from there, it kind of like blossoms outwards, right? Now I have this central idea of party hopping, going from party to party. And then I craft a verse one that leads into the chorus, and then out of the chorus, goes, it's, it, I go into the first two and then I have a bridge and all that stuff. Um, but it's, it's using the chorus as this kind of like uh, the center focal point that branches outwards. Uh, so that's another workflow. And there's another workflow where I get a pre-made beat from someone. It's not a necessarily a song that I compose, although I do a lot of composing. I do a lot of uh, beat making and creating music as well. But sometimes I might receive a beat from someone who makes beats for a living. And I get the beat, I hear it, and I like it a lot. And so I have like already a musical framework from which to work. And what I do is I just come up with the chorus that, that matches this beat, this pre-existing beat, and then I write the song to the beat. Uh, whereas other workflows require me to come up with the musical idea first and then write the words to it. Sometimes I might write the words first and then come up with the music to go with it. That has had to happen with a couple of songs, but really it's hard to predict. Essentially, I just have to have a really strong concept uh, to start with, or I have to have a really strong musical idea to start with. I can never really predict which one's going to be, but a lot of times the combination of both
3: It's really cool that you have all those different avenues. Like, if one's not working, you have all these different ways uh, that you can uh, try and flesh something out. I really love hearing the creative process at work. That's so awesome. Thank you. You said your uh, second album is uh, coming out again, Alter Ego. That's again March 31st, available for pre order out there. Um, and you mentioned earlier that, you know, uh, the second album is going to be a, a, a little bit darker than the first one was. Raging Ego seemed to be very kind of high energy, a little bit faster. So is this, you know, I think you said it's going to be a look at like the darker sides of ourselves, maybe we sometimes don't want to face. Is that, is the music going to uh, take a darker tone itself?
4: It will. <laughs> it absolutely will. Um, and it, Uh, The the singles that I have out right now are actually quite deceptive. I specifically chose singles that were very upbeat, but there's a lot of notes of darkness and melancholy in the rest of the album. And I think that I wrote this album uh, within the last year and a half. Granted, Mm -hmm. things are not as bad as they are now, obviously. but. Uh, Yeah, I learned a lot and I went through a lot of, I think, emotional growth throughout this last year and a half. And this album chronicles my path through uh, destroying and rediscovering who I was. So I don't necessarily uh, uh, see myself in, well, I don't know if I should say that, but a lot of raging ego uh, to me, when I listen to it now, it feels a little bit distant because I've taken the person that I was during Raging Ego and kind of like mangled it and rearranged it into something different. Like, all the core parts are still there, right. but now they're in a different configuration. I think in a better configuration, a more positive configuration, but it took a lot of work to get there. So yeah. uh, in, in essence, I think Alter Ego is kind of an examination of uh, kind of a rough examination of how I made it there, does that make sense?
3: yeah, it does and and yeah. let, me, let me clarify really quick because that question I asked sounded stupid as all hell, of course it's going to have a dark, <laughs> darker tone. I guess what I was uh meaning is you know sometimes you uh, have musicians who can write a certain way, but you know write a a i don't know it's so hard to explain, write something that might be a sad message or a sad song, but still have it to upbeat music. I just didn't know if like the actual music itself was going to match the tone or if we were still going to have like a very kind of upbeat album, just delivering a different message.
4: Oh God, no, you like, you explained it perfectly and I understood what you meant. Exactly.
3: Okay, okay. And my
4: answer to you is yes. Like the tone of this album is a lot darker. Like the musical feeling of this album is a lot darker. I use a lot more minor keys, uh, I use a lot more cold colors. so I have color sound synesthesia, which means I assign colors to certain sounds. And the majority of this album is actually cold colors like purple or lavender or you know blue or cyan or sometimes like dark green. But there were a lot of warm color songs in Raging Ego and alter ego has a lot fewer of those like even some of the more upbeat songs still have like a you know a, a cold color palette so i knew exactly what you meant and okay. my answer to that is yes yeah. it will like sound musically darker as well like not just the lyrics the lyrics are still the, the lyrics are obviously even darker than the raging egos so i think you know um, raging ego was already pretty it was pretty open and vulnerable but i think i I take a dive deeper in alter ego, lyrically. So musically, I think it definitely reflects the mood overall, uh, save for some of the songs. There, there are a couple of, you know, uh, kind of whiplash songs that will suddenly take you back into the, this, like, positive place. But I, I, I swear that it has something to do with the story of the album, too. Like, there's a reason why all of a sudden it's, like, super peppy, and then all of a sudden it goes uh, back into the darkness again like it all makes sense within the context of the album and i really hope that when people listen to it they understand it but you know it can be hard to really know what people will pick up from their listen i just do my best to hope that they get the message that i'm trying to deliver but part of the fun of someone listening to an album is also how they interpret it themselves so Mm -hmm. maybe people will have different interpretations of the message that i'm trying to send maybe not everyone's gonna not everyone's going to process it the same way, and that's fine, too. Art is open to interpretation.
3: Exactly. That's awesome, and I can't cannot wait to hear it. Uh, I haven't heard anything off the new album yet. But um, for people who uh, would like to get an early listen, on March 30th at 10 p.m. Uh, to midnight Eastern time, you're, you're having a listening party uh, uh, right before the album's release, correct?
4: Yeah, totally. I'm very excited about it. I've done this before with Raging Ego uh, the night before that one was released. And, yeah, we're doing it again, essentially. And we are all going to gather in the Discord, and we're going to have a live chat. Everyone's going to listen to the album. If you want to, you can participate uh, vocally by turning on your microphone and talking in the Discord channel. Or if you just want to listen to it, if you just want to listen and be, like, an audience member, you can go to geekbeatradio.com.
3: Very good. And for people who want to check out more about Lex and her music, head over to uh, TheLexiconArtist.com. And you can also find her on social media, uh, Instagram and uh, Twitter at LexTheConArtist. Uh, Lex, is there anywhere else we should be directing people?
4: Uh, gosh, probably Google. Just Google Lex the Lexicon Artist, and you can find this episode as well as all of my socials and all of my internet coverage.
3: Awesome. Great to hear. And Lex, thank you so much for being here. This has been one hell of a good time and uh, we're going to have to get you back Mm -hmm. in the future.
4: That would be great. I had such a good time interviewing with all three of you. And uh, yeah, you were some of the best hosts I've ever had.
3: Oh wow. wow, wow, making us blush here Wow, wow, yeah. I'll take it I'll take it <laughs> Thank you so much Jack, what do we have on the website?
2: Go to CandairPodcast.com Where you can see show highlights, guest info Listen to the show, follow us on all our social media Become a patron, buy some merch, see some YouTube videos And if you'd like to be a guest and promote your work Send us an email on our contacts page Or even call us
3: yeah. 614-254-3332. And please don't be afraid. We're, again, we're not going to answer. You can just leave that message and uh, <laughs> go on your merry way, whether it be good, bad, happy, sad. We want to hear it. We want to hear it once more. 614 254 Three 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 two. but if that's not the method for you then head over to twitter at canned air pod and on instagram at canned underscore air where you can reach out to us there see the attempts at me trying to be funny here and there uh on on our feed uh and also posts on episodes and once again the patreon head over to patreon.com forward slash canned air pod five dollars a month get you the patreon pod gentlemen what else am i forgetting
2: syndication randy
3: sorry is that I was going to say is he even there? Yeah, <laughs> oh, I'm sweet. here. Sorry. Yeah. No, I'm here. All right. He's <laughs> across yeah. the room, Randy. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Alright, uh, yeah, so check us out on uh, com And RedlineRadioLLC.com Every morning
3: Very good, Brandy. You can go back to doing whatever it was you were doing in the corner <laughs> Go back to sleep <laughs> <laughs> We're going to be continuing our residency With the band Adamera next week And today we are going to be going out on the Latest single off of uh, Lex's new album Alter Ego Called Famous So stick around at the end of the episode for that and I think that's gonna do it for this week. So until next time, I am Jeremy Collie. I'm Jack Doherty. I'm Randy Hardenbrook.
4: And I'm Lex, Lex the Lexicon
3: Thanks so much for listening, everyone
4: Turn up the lights till they make you go blind. Check out this future that I made with my mind. If you feel anxious as our fates inserts when it's by design.
3: puppy. Nice puppy. Oh, no. Don't run. It'll only make things worse. What? Remember, you never want to approach a stray dog, especially one that's foaming at the mouth. Get away from the animal as quickly as you can and tell a grown-up. Hey. And knowing is half the battle.
1: G.I. Joe!
0: Sorry about that. My internet glitched and you guys got really like glitchy right. there for a second.
3: Glitched mm. my ass. He said, Randy, and you're like,
0: oh, 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 oh. <laughs> I'm in the well, I was, I was fucking mood. around with my microphone. Leave me alone. Pants dude. around <laughs> his ankles,
3: scampering. <laughs> <laughs> uh.